Please select your player. New player, Tim, has joined the game. Andrew plugin requires horse mod. Luke cannot speak more than 30 frames per second. Australia's greatest podcast said no person ever. Welcome, welcome to, to another, another dungeon. dungeon. Hey, that was my line. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Another Dungeon podcast. Uh, joining me this week is Luke. Yep, again. Again, and Andy. Oh, again. Seems to be permanently back from his hiatus. Oh, I can never come up with an entertaining intro. It's really starting to bother me. You've got two weeks to come up with an entertaining <laughs> intro. It's not it's not my problem. I just don't think about it. <laughs> oh, so you don't think about us. I'm too there busy doing the research. I won't, you know, I won't the say I what the, the pre-recording discussion was regarding... Um, but I, I wouldn't be uh, badgering somebody about not coming up with an intro, Tim. Why? For, for You already know that I don't read your articles. and that, I don't think it's a secret to everyone. No? Okay. Uh, I'd just like to go on the record to say that I don't read Andy's articles. You read anybody's just... articles? Yeah, I read one the other day. What was it about? <laughs> I read um, Greg's review for Taken King, because that's what we'll be talking about this week alongside the voice actors strike uh-huh. and what it means to be a gamer. Wow. Smoothest segue ever. There's some Ooh, pretty good yeah. topics there. <laughs> there are. Let's, that last um, one sounds start. great. Um, sorry, keep going. It's alright. Alright, good. <laughs> um, we're going to start with a voice actors guild. Are they called Vag? Uh, yeah, so Vag. Uh, no. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Voice Actors Guild, they're part of um they're part of SAG AFTRA, which for those who don't know, uh is the Screen Actors Guild. Um and they just represent actors and performers basically in any kind of capacity. They used to just do actors. Um but yeah, the voice actors section of the guild is currently looking at going on strike for a number of reasons. Um the kind of most pertinent ones are they would like some performance bonuses, uh, which is they've started to notice, surprisingly, that a lot of really, really well-selling games make a lot of money. Um, strange, that. Oh, my God. And they would, like, they would like to see a performance bonus for every 2 million copies of a game sold or every 2 million subscribers to an online game. with like It has a cap of $8 million on it. On, on so uh, no, eight million dollars. There's a cap of eight million on it, so you can get that bonus four times. So every fun, every voice actor that's part of the guild, part er, would um, get, yeah, would, that's one of the demands. Yeah. So it's important. I guess it's important to understand how the, the guilds work in the entertainment industry. For a lot of them, it, it varies, but for actors, writers, and directors, it works pretty much the same way, which is. If uh, companies sign agreements with guilds to, you know, they they lock in payment, um, superannuation, health, you know, like, uh, ins- health insurance, all that kind of stuff, um, and they protect both sides, or at least they're intended to. But basically, the way it works is, if you're a voice actor or an actor, and at any point you are going to do work for one of these companies that has signed this contract with the union then you are required to become a member of the union or that company can't hire you. 
Uh, that's generally how it works. They can get around it, most companies, by having like a second fake company that is not uh, that hasn't signed this deal, and then then they that company then hires you. But it, it, it's a lot easier just to go through the union. It does depend on um, where it is in in America. Um, I believe that the majority of anything to do with entertainment, you need to be part of a union. Otherwise, yep. simply nobody will hire you. And, yeah, and it makes it's not life worldwide. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Australia doesn't really have many unions with any kind of power at all, really. Uh, it's quite uh, sad. CFMEU, then? CF- what is CFMEU? The Construction Mining Forestry... Entertainment Union. How about, no. I, how about I phrase it that way? <laughs> You're getting into semantics today. <laughs> In any case, so anyone who's a member of the union, if the game sells... Two million copies, they get paid. Sells four million copies, they get paid, and that happens to a cap every two every two million copies or subscribers. Should stress, they do get paid eight million. regardless of whether it sells two yeah. million copies or not. They're not doing work for free on the proviso that it sells two million copies. But it's yeah. just a it's just a contract wage. So, say I would pay you twenty grand to do the voice acting in my game. That's it. So that's pretty good, Tim. Earlier, you couldn't afford to buy Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and now you're paying 20 grand for somebody. uh... (laughs) It's good. It's good. That would be out of my shell company that uh, we don't discuss the finances. Fair enough. I understand that. Uh, So so they're still in talks about striking. They haven't made a decision. Mm, They haven't made a decision yet. They want some things, and... The Is there more than just the trailing commission? Yeah, the performance bonuses, which uh, writers and directors, like in film, they have residuals that come from sales of stuff um, after it's in theatres. So they want a similar condition for themselves. They want uh, more pay when they're under vocal stress, so screaming, etc. I think mostly screaming, or I guess wow. any other kind of stuff. Um, if they're doing motion capture... They want it to be. Le- they want uh, a stunt coordinator to be legally required to be there for it in uh, in case you know anything goes wrong to protect themselves. I think that's quite re- reasonable. Yeah. And uh, they would also like uh, tran- like a, a level of transparency to be specified in contracts, so that when they're auditioning for something, they don't want to be told like, "Oh, we can't really tell you until we give it to you, or until you're a candidate for this." They want it to be upfront about. How many sessions it's going to take for it to get it done? If there's offensive content, if it'll be vocally stressful, uh, that sort of the thing. Flip, flip side of that is, I guess the companies want to keep something secret because a lot of, like Fallout Four was outed ages ago because of some voice actors putting things on their LinkedIn or on their resumes or yeah, but listing them as past experience. So the more that they give out pre work, the more mm. that these secret projects they're working on are going to be released Te- earlier than they wanted Technically, to. but it's also a lot harder for uh, voice actors in gaming to have a continual job. Uh, yeah. Uh, unlike in a... But that's the nature of contract work regardless oh, of... Oh, I'm sure it is. But unlike with film where the turnaround is a year, year and a half and, you know, yeah, there's going to be secret projects, Star Wars, for example, and stuff like that. Um... But with voice acting, it's a little bit different because the the time period is so long. And yeah, okay, Fallout 4, for example, great example there because it was outed by people. But really, if you're, if you're a voice actor who's working on Fallout 4, wouldn't you want to put that on your resume? And yeah, okay, regardless of whether it's going to be 
uh, jeopardizing the announcement of the game or not. Um, no, they've got to. I don't think that's they've got fair. to keep. They've got to stay employed. Yeah. If I if if they were going to go ahead with something like this, if I was in charge of the business, I would then write a clause for if you out my game early, I'm going to penalise you. Well, they can't do that. Well, that's the thing well, is why why can you have it on one side and not the other? Well, so so I'm going to give you trailing commission and I'm going to pay you for this contract. You screw up my marketing campaign by early announcing my game. Um. Why can't I penalise you? Yeah, for that? but there are usually there are, there are things that can be worked out in regards to that. In the sense that, um, you know, developers can certainly say, "Look, okay, I know that you're you want to tell everybody that you're in Fallout Four, but how about you don't say that and just put us as one of the references, and you know, go from there." There are certainly ways yeah, that, around it uh, for sure. That's the, the right way to do it, but. At, Where's the repercussion for the voice actors that don't listen to that? Well, that, it should be that's... noted it's a summary of what they're they're talking about. They'll be mm. this is what they took to no get negotiation. So, yeah. but, and if like you're talking about what you know the, the companies and that sort of thing have said back, and what the producers have said back is actually quite harsh. So, the producers came back with they want to be able to find. Uh, voice actors, $2,500 if you show up late or you're not attentive to the services which you've been engaged. Uh, they want to fine the agent 50000 to to 100000 if they don't send you out on certain auditions, which is stuff like atmospheric voicing or really, really short um, sessions auditions. So if your agent says, nah, it's not worth sending him out, they want to be able to find them and then also remove them from SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, um, that's pretty brutal. That's a bit harsh. Yeah. So they've come back with some pretty fucking brutal um Well, proposals. negotiations go both ways. They do. And I was just surprised how harsh it was. Well, let me let me ask you, on the back of this, where is it going to stop? So why does a voice actor get, um, not trailing commission, what's it called? Performance bonuses. When say a three D model artist won't. Well, it's like it's kind of you, different you, because why? Because They've the voice had a actor put into the game. is a like is a, a contract worker where they're not engaged for like an, an extensive period of time to say where other people are. Like it's the same argument they make uh, with with writers is that writers fight really hard to get uh, bonuses and commissions because they get paid one big upfront payment yep. to start work and then finish that work. But after that, the movie like, they they've written can do insanely well, and they'll never see any of that any of that money, any recognition for it. Just part of. And the if you have that, you write they, um, one big thing, you'll just die. You'll go. You'll yeah. be broke. That's it. They're going to unnecessarily increase the price of production, which is already way too high. Um, look, I, I I kind of understand it, but I don't personally buy a game for a voice actor. They're no, I don't think that you, they're going to increase the the cost all that. Uh, no, will. you can't say that it's not because there's money going out. How can you not say that it's going to increase the performance the cost? bonuses come out of what post sales? I understand yeah. that, but that's money out of the company's pocket that they would have otherwise had. It doesn't matter. All they're doing... Which leads on into the next project. It does no, matter. You can't no, say no. All matter. they're doing is providing equal ground to the same thing that uh, movie actors, TV actors, writers, 
or also they're have not movie actors. They just provide their no, voice. No, they don't. don't yeah, but they don't just provide actors. their voice. If you watch the videos for the making of The Last of Us, you know a lot of that is physical stuff. It's n- is mocap. Yeah, it's yeah. mocap. Yeah, that's not that's not just voice acting. Though. Yeah, but that is classified. They're still as a voice actor. being that voice actor. Yeah. There's no classification for being an actor in a game and having that recognised as a thing you do, which is why they want coordinators there to keep them safe because if they get injured See, then they like they like anyone else they can't work yeah there's a lot of stuff in i mean it's actually as much as i'm not a huge fan of the game it's quite interesting to watch the behind the scenes of the last of us because of how physical a lot of that stuff is and it's not just the last of us there are a lot of games i mean uh it's going back quite a while but it's the only one that comes off the top of my head enslaved for example with andy circus you know, he's been a notorious person for being a motion cap motion capture actor, and he did a great job with Enslaved, but that is a very physical performance as well. And so they need to be, you know, not not rewarded is the wrong term, but they need to have that dedication. That's exactly what it well, is. That, it's just no, a reward. No, it's not just a reward, because... I, I think it's different in the movies and, and TVs, How? because... Yeah, you know the actors, and you. Just be, they're probably that's terrib- a reason that's why you terrible do it. to say. I don't know you, so therefore you don't deserve to earn as much. You know who Nolan North is. Where does it stop? Where does it stop? It's all about just making sure that they get paid properly. What about the artists? What about the 3D designers? What about the programmers? They have, if they're on contract, they have their own unions to protect them. But that is, and so do they that's, get that's a constant career. Like, that's what that is, with oh. a chance for promotion. Whereas voice yes actors no. are voice actors, and they're going to no, no, get no. paid whatever they're paid. A lot of programmers get dumped after a project's done when they just go into maintenance They mode. sure do, which is actually so, is something that does need not, to be addressed, for sure. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. it. It's part of what the, the industry that they work in, so you can't say that they have permanent work. It's not right. No, they don't, but, but that's an issue that to. needs to be dealt on that regard. This is This is simply an issue about about voice actors it's an issue about voice actors it's not saying that those people who do get uh you know work on the latest assassin's creed and then get dumped into you know purgatory for a period of time um aren't worthy of fighting for as well it's a this is an argument about voice actors wholeheartedly that's it uh and and again it's also look at one part of a whole oh no you can you know, they have their own union. I'm sure that they'll be able to attack that problem with their own union. This is... And then so everybody gets a performance bonus and studios can't afford to uh, create AAA titles. Not at all. Not it's at all. Soft... Plus, don't forget the stipulation as well is when a game hits a certain point, they should get X amount yeah. of bonus. I don't this, think that's I unfair. This bonus that. would more than most likely be uh, like the same with every other entertainment union where it's... It's like a percentage yeah. that's relatively small. If a TV series, but it has just been means on for five that years. actor gets to work, like and and not like they don't have to resort to doing other stuff. They get to just be a voice actor. Exactly. Yeah, I understand that. Um, the money still comes out of the business, regardless of what you say. It's got to come from one person and go to another, and it's it's it comes out of the studio, and which can then put them behind for the and, next project. And that's just what I think. Given how much money some studios do make. I, I don't think that they're going to be, you know... And looking at the amount of studios that have shut down over even the last five years, I wouldn't say that the studios are 
breaking in the cash. Uh, That's the thing, though. You have you have to sell two million. You have to sell two million copies yeah. or get two million subscribers, and that's really fucking hard. That's what like, the, it's really difficult. That's what the stipulation is, and essentially, you look at a game like Destiny, for example. I don't know how many voice actors we'll get into that later on, maybe, um, but you know, the, it, that's a huge game. It's a massive game. Uh, and yeah, okay, it's got Peter Dinklage and Nolan North in it, and they probably get paid very well because they're name people, but... And Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion as well, exactly. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, I feel that they... Especially because, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Hale, is it? Uh, who obviously, Mass Effect, that definitely sold more than $2 million. It's all just about making sure they earn enough money. Then you can get into the argument of what enough money is, and we're not going to get into that. No, because <laughs> so, we're going to discuss what a gamer is before we talk about what enough money is, which can happen right. later on. What does it mean to be a gamer? Well, what Andy? it means to be a gamer, uh, this whole idea came up, sorry to uh, 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 just completely cut you off there, Luke, as well. Uh, you have. Did, you have, did no. you have anything else to say? No, I have nothing else to say. I, you know see where it goes they're planning on they're, well they're not planning on striking they're putting the strike to a vote and they don't really want to do it unless they get close to 100% of their members agreeing I don't want them if to they, do it either because if they go on strike they'll be replaced no I don't no well so. listen the writers strike that happened years ago fucked over TV and uh, this not will only likely TV, do a similar thing not only TV it ended up with one of the worst years in cinema in recent memory as well. mm. We won't see the results of that for another couple of years, though. Unfortunately, we won't, oh, but you definitely will true. feel it. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I mean, what it means to be a gamer, that, that is a question that came into my mind uh, a few weeks ago where I had an argument with my dad. Um, I quite enjoy arguing with my dad because we both get very uh, heated about things and, and both uh, very stubborn and so uh, feel that we're both right. Uh, in this situation, I was I was right, and I still am right, and so I wrote an article about it. <laughs> uh, basically, gee, just ask Andy if he's right. That's it. Everyone. That's it. Am I right? Awesome. Yeah, I am. I am right. Um, basically, it, it, it spawned from a discussion about how about uh, you know future industries in Australia, and I said that gaming is an industry that needs to be supported a lot in Australia. Uh, because essentially it is an industry that around the world makes a lot of money. And his first reaction was still the the old mentality that essentially uh, gamers are simply 13-year-old fat kids in their bedrooms playing shooters. You know, that's it. That's, that's his frame of mind. And essentially I... Uh, I just was a bit curious to find out what people thought of what the idea of gamers are in, in the world today. And essentially, uh, I did a bit of research and, and there's still a lot of that stigma of of it of people going, oh, you know, all they are are just fat kids playing games, which is not true. I mean, I saw a 60-year-old lady playing Candy Crush on the bus a few weeks ago and you know, the, uh, whether you'd actually class her as a gamer or not, she's playing one of the biggest games in the world. So I would class her as a gamer. Um, and essentially, it's just about being part of a... a, a I was going to say genre. Genre is not the right word. Um, you know, a group, part of a, a wide group that you find gamers anywhere in the world. And 
they're just a little bit more approachable than most people and they're, they're a community uh, in different ways. They're the, thanks to the internet, they're one of the biggest communities in the world because you can play a game, you know, Destiny, for example, with somebody in Russia and you, you'll never meet them. Whereas compared to, say, uh, films and stuff like that, you'll only ever be able to watch that film in a cinema or in your home with somebody else, uh, not with somebody from Russia. So it's about being a, a greater community. It's about being part of something bigger, more, more unique, a, a huge social thing as well. Um, What's the Candy Crush community like? Uh, fairly good. As far as I understand, my wife is a huge Candy Crush gamer. Uh, she absolutely loves oh. it. Um, and, and, you know, smashing candies and delicious and all that kind of stuff. Uh, she... Does she play with other Candy Crushes? I don't think you can actually play with other Candy Crushes. Do they have group meetups? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't joined any Candy Crush groups, uh, to be honest. I'm not sure. I'm not a Candy Crush player. I I will say, though, I have recently started playing Frozen uh, Smash, whatever it is, Snowball Snowball Smash, which is essentially a Frozen ripoff of Candy Crush on PlayStation 4. I quite enjoy that. It has a multiplayer aspect to it. It's very enjoyable. Um, you know, and, and part of playing a game like that, with, uh, which is an absolutely horrible game, uh, but there is a, a joy with playing it with somebody else, which, I don't know, you, it's just, it's a bit different than films and reading books or listening to music. Uh, it, it's a whole different experience, and, and I don't know, I just feel, uh, I, I didn't want to write a pity piece or anything like that in the sense that, uh, you know, gamers are vilified in the world and all people think of us is that we're fat and ugly. Um, but I just hope that there's a, the, the stigma goes away uh, as more people become gamers and more, you know, the, the acceptance of, of playing games in the world is, is greater. Um, I don't know how that's going to happen. I think it will just happen naturally. Well, I hope it will just happen naturally. Um, but I, I still feel that there's, yeah, there's a stigma there about you, people playing games. When I booked time off work to go to PAX this year, um, at first I was a bit like, I don't really want to say why I've booked the time off. And they're like, oh, what are you booking the time off for? And I was like, I'm just going to Melbourne. They're like, oh, okay, no worries. And Okay, what are you going to Melbourne for? I'm like, well, there's a gaming expo there that I'm going to. Oh, gaming expo. Oh, oh, do they know that you'll be the only person there? It's like, you know, like, just get past that. There are people who play games. Every, You know, the amount of people with Wii's in their house, uh, there's quite a fair few and they that's W-I-I, yeah, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it needs to be mentioned. It needs to it be It does clarified. need to be clarified, yes. All these years after its release. But there's just a lot of people who, who, you know, do have gaming consoles. Everybody's got a smartphone nowadays, which has most likely got Angry Birds or something on it. Um, so, you know, the, the idea of what a gamer is is certainly broadening uh, and, and opening up. I don't think, you know, the idea of a hardcore gamer and all that kind of stuff, I don't like those terms because I, I, I think that that's certainly been pushed away over the years. What about filthy casual? Filthy casuals, well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you like that term? No, not really. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Because, you know, how do you define a filthy casual? 
Like, is somebody who oh, only if, plays... If you have to ask, you probably are a filthy casual. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, tell me. Tell me how you would define a filthy casual. Candy Crush players. Okay, but say a Candy Crush player puts three to four hours a day into Candy Crush. Does that make them a filthy casual still? Even though all they play is that game? When you compare it to somebody yep. who plays Destiny three or four hours a day and that's the only game they'll play? Yeah, there is a difference. How is there a difference? One's a real game and one's a mobile game. <laughs> I would argue... I mean, Candy Crush came from Bejeweled, which is a great game. It's a, it's a yeah. truly great Look, game. I think in your example of a Candy Crusher that plays for four hours a day, I don't think they'd identify themselves as a gamer. Oh, no, I'm just playing a game on my mobile. I'm not a gamer. Yeah, but that, and um, that's the problem so think, as well. Sorry to interrupt, but they'll probably still have that stigma of, yeah, I'm just playing a game on my phone. No, I'm not a gamer. I'm not, I'm not lazy like that. Yeah, and that's the problem, I guess. And even with you not wanting to tell your work, not wanting to identify. I mean, I think every gamer sort of goes through that period, but I'm too old to worry about that anymore. Oh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> people ask and, and look... My, the the people at my work, I guess, don't really understand mm-hmm. gaming at all, but there's still a few that make effort to ask about the website and how it's going. That's good, yeah. Um, and, and and I appreciate that, and they probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but at least they ask and listen. So, it, I guess in my circle, it's becoming a bit more accepted. Yeah. Um, or it's just the people I know, I'm not sure. I think, um, I'm, maybe, I don't know, it, I'm... Uh, at least from my understanding, younger than you gentlemen. Uh, I'm 52 not that that's according not that that's to the Microsoft kind of age-guessing thing. That's you're, not a, you're 107 years old. About that, yeah. Um, but, like, it is... Like, it's just nothing now. I think maybe even when I was younger and, uh, you know, in, like, early on in high school and that sort of stuff, maybe gaming was sort of a, a more stigmatised thing. But at least sort of with, with my generation now, it's just, it's so ubiquitous. It's like, it is like, it's literally like watching, you know, a TV show or like, you know, if I, if I come home and, you know, my housemates playing Halo with people, it's not like, even if they're not gamers, it's not even like a, a, a notable thing yeah. for someone to be playing games. Yeah. Like every now and then I might be surprised. Like I'll be like, oh, I didn't even know you owned like a, co- like a console. But after that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I, it, I don't know, and it seems like it's the same thing with people who meet me, because I, you know, initially I guess I just come off like a another uni student or a film nerd or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you know it is you know it's a case of like yeah you got this big desktop and Xbox One, gotta love it, um, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's just not, it's not much of a of a of a thing anymore, uh, which I which I hope is a good sign, and that it continues to just remain that way forever. I, I agree because I I feel that as as you young'uns come up through the ranks, you know, um, essentially the, the stigma will be phased out. That's what I hope, at least, that, that it will get phased out. Um, I'm not sure if that'll be the case or not, but, uh, hey, fingers crossed. Um, but I just, I don't know, I still, uh, I just get a little bit bothered when it's still just that it's not the gaming's not on the same level as going to the movies or or listening to music and stuff like that and and the impact that it has on industries and the impact that it I mean it is an industry in itself and how much money it makes 
and that's something to be respected. I mean, I get I get a little bit pissed off with something like uh, that ESPN guy when uh, they uh, earlier in the year. Um, ESPN said, oh, we're going to start uh, showing esports on ESPN. And he said, oh, you know, gaming's not a sport. Okay, sure, right, whatever. That's fine. But regardless, it's still a massive thing. It's still a huge thing that people sit down and watch esports. I mean, I sit down and watch games that I have no interest in whatsoever. I would never play them, but I enjoy watching them. And He was at it again this week too, by the way. Right. Even after he's been, oh fired. really? What did he? <laughs> yeah. Do you have it? I can't. I can't remember the comment, but he was making more comments, disparaging comments about gamers. Um, terrible person. Look, I think it is like as 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 my generation comes up, it seems literally like it's just just like old older people now that uh, have this kind of like reluctance to accept it or try and understand or something like that. And I honestly think that sort of by the time that you know, my kids are like my age now that it will be more of a, you know, it'll finally be at that nice equal level where it's kind of like, you know, you tell someone you watch some TV show that they're kind of heard of, but they're not really interested. And they'll be like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then you just, you know, you get on or, you know, you have the opposite reaction where, you know, they somehow know of it as well. You're like, oh fuck yeah. But yeah, I think I think it seems like it's moving towards that kind of like evening out kind of stage where people are just whatever with everything. Yeah, getting That's there. What I, hope I think it's 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 slow, but um, it's getting yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my that's my opinion. That's my pseudo live journal article uh, discussion. Um, that's that's it. There's more to it. Have a read. Tim didn't, but that's okay. Um, it's got pictures. It has it, lots of pictures. Which is good. Yeah, uh, um, and it looks like he's done some research. Which I is actually good. did. I <laughs> actually did research this time. Um, yeah, very exciting. No, that's good. And there's been a lot of um, comments from randoms, mostly. Well, all the ones I've heard. Are good. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten death so. threats yet from elderly people. Not, Not yet. yet. That's because they don't know how to. That's use true. <laughs> I'm just waiting for something to come in the mail. Uh, you know <laughs> the snail mail. Yeah, wait about a yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're running out of time to talk about density. The Tekken King. The Tekken King. Um, uh. Greg has done a review. Mm-hmm. Um, only thing I would say <laughs> is, uh, Greg. Greg loves Destiny and is a bit of a fanboy. Um, so he guess read it going into that. Um. I'm probably come at it from a different side because I did try Destiny at launch, didn't really get into it, stopped playing pretty quickly. Um, so I didn't notice too much of a difference with the Taken King. The new questing system is obviously one thing that stands out a lot. Um, there's still some stupid back and forth um, with the Taken King missions as well as the DLC missions where you fly to the moon, do a mission, and then for some reason you have to fly back to talk to one person, mm-hmm. not even collect a reward, just talk to them, and then you fly out again. Um, I think that's a massive, especially considering the loading times for the tower, it's a massive waste of time. Um, and considering the law being, you know, sci-fi and we can communicate over long distance, there's no reason to talk face-to-face to them. Um, but I guess people don't really play Destiny for the story missions. Um, 
the whole leveling system has changed. You your core level is no longer based on your gear. So you can level straight up to 40 now with um, just XP. And then your light level is a kind of an aggregated score of your attack and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of seems to play into the game a bit more than your light level from Destiny version 1. Um, I would be quite upset if I was a Destiny 1 hardcore player because uh, all the... <laughs> It seems a lot of the basic gear from Taken King is better than all the exotics and legendaries from year one. It's like a massive kick in the dick for anyone that has been playing for so long. It's just like, hey, this basic item is better than your exotic you've been using all year. Now, you Um, you might not know the answer to this, Tim, but I will ask you anyway. Um, For a novice like myself, if I picked up the vanilla game, um, would I still be able to play that game perfectly fine am i affected by the fact that this new massive destiny 1.5 has arrived you can still play it uh you obviously can't play the expansion missions mm-hmm. i have a feeling you can still use so the gear that that's come out with the expansions has a little icon on sure. them so you know that that was part of the expansion or part of vanilla um i believe you can still use the expansion gear without the expansion but um all the year one stuff you can still access, all the strikes and the raid and whatever else. Yeah. It it shouldn't massively affect you, no. Okay. Um, I, I am curious now, to pick it, it up because of uh, Greg's glowing recommendation. Well, but it's, you can get vanilla cheap now yeah. anyway. The, the, the other kick in the guts is this seems like, A, it seems like how it should have been a year ago, and B, seems like it's just an update and I'm sure Greg would argue differently but it's an update that they're charging full price for and one thing that really astounds me with all of their DLC has been overpriced um no none of their fanboys have a problem shelling out 70 bucks for a patch but their voice actors do uh, uh, oh <laughs> <laughs> shots fired <laughs> yeah right so um the new subclasses they've added, which you can only get with the Taking Ken expansion. Um, I've only tried the Hunter one, which is... I'm still unsure if I like it or not. Um, but probably the best thing in the update is you can now cash in a bounty without having to go back to the tower. So you can grind for XP in the field and cash it all in while you're in the field, which is good. Um, Greg did mention that a lot of the higher level stuff has been improved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to find a bit in his article he said about exotics. There was something he was disappointed with in the exotics. Control F is your friend, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> I've just got to remember how he structured the sentence. Uh, he said there's an influx of new weapons, which I wouldn't notice. They all look the same to me. Um, and I never got up to the bit where you got exotics, so... That doesn't bother me. Um, the main problem with the Year 2 Exotics is that most of them are not included in the pool for Xur. So Xur is the um, trade that comes on the weekend, slash random drops. Decoding exotic engrams virtually always results in a Year 2 version of a Year 1 Exotic. Okay. So I'm not quite sure... I guess maybe he likes the uh, 
the chance of the roll of the die. Of when when Destiny first launched, I know they fixed it a couple of months after, but the uh, random number generators mm, didn't work in your favour very okay. often. So quite often my gear would be so say you get a, a blue engram, I'd be getting a green item which is a tear down, all most of the time. Um, that seems to the chances of you getting the same is pretty much all the time mm-hmm. now, from what I've noticed. But it actually more chance of you getting one tier up as well. Okay. So I guess yeah, the only thing I could guess would be that Greg likes that chance of not getting it from the exotic engram. Oh. Um, multiplayer's still balls like it was in a. The Crucible, sorry, like it was in Destiny 1. Still randomly get one hit killed when I shotgun people in the face and don't get kills one hit, so I haven't figured that out. But um, it's quite a, quite a comprehensive review from an experienced Destiny player. Greg plays a lot and loves the game, so... If you're interested to see what the updates are in Taken King, have a read of his article. And not only that, he is quite a... a a big shooter fan, isn't he, as well? He likes his uh, shooters. He likes Halo and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd say particular shooters. Yeah. I would, you wouldn't catch him playing Call of Duty. I don't think you'd catch him playing Battlefield. Strawpole, do, do any of us play Call of Duty anymore? I don't, personally. Uh, um, I mean, no. <laughs> I'll probably get back into it in Black Ops. I didn't play much. Of, I've played every one since 4. Um... Probably Black Ops 2 was the last one that I played mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and the two following that, it were pretty okay. average. So, so yeah, okay. Because Destiny, to me, and this will, this might offend those Destiny listeners out there... Um, it's not. I'm going to stop you before you say it. It's not the same. Okay. Well, no, I wasn't going to say it was the same, <laughs> but it feels, it feels like it's, uh, you know, they're, they're taking the idea of annual releases but instead have created this massive expansion well, they've the got Taken a, King they've, they've told everyone they have a 10 year plan from the start so expect this probably every year yeah which is it's not bad no. if you can buy the core game and well the core game's cheap as yeah. now which is good but to get the Taken King you also need to buy the two expansions before it so you can't just go straight from vanilla to Taken King oh of course but it also feels a bit like uh not only your Call of Duties, but in a way, a mixture of that plus your World of Warcraft, which you can still play the basic game, but if you have all of these other expansions, then great. Um, you'll have a, a more enjoyable experience. I will be the arty wanker that I am and stick with my journeys for the time being. And you are an arty Broken wanker. Age. Broken Age is part of October's PlayStation Plus. Please play it. Play it. That's all I ask. Maybe. You won't know. Is it finished? Yeah. It's done. I thought he had problems releasing Chapter 2. No. It came out ages ago. I wrote a review. I gave it 9.5 out of 10. Well, of course you would. Yeah. But you wouldn't um, know, Tim. You didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't. You're right. <laughs> I know. I would. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. We're going to close before Andy starts crying. Um don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash another dungeon. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for another dungeon. We're on there. We're on sp- Give us a review on iTunes. We're on Spreaker now as well, by the way. 
We're on Spreaker. You'd- if you know what that is, cool. Spreaker.com. Send me a message and tells me what it Spreaker.com. is. Spreaker.com. Have a look for another dungeon. It's just another place to find us. Yeah. We are on the Twitter at another dungeon. Uh, we are on YouTube. If you search for another dungeon um, and filter by channels, we should be top of the list. There are two episodes of Dark Souls playthrough, Dark Souls 2, that go up every week. Uh, and we'll be having more Let's Plays for board and card games in the not-too-distant future. Can I just say as well, sorry, Tim, to interrupt you. Well, you're going to. I am going to, yeah. But I actually enjoy watching your... um your your Dark Souls videos. I will never play that game, um, but I enjoy watching you play it. Uh, so I don't know if that sounds creepy or not. Possibly, it is a little yeah. bit. It's a little. Well, I'm, bit not, I'm not. It's watching one of the more you play it. I'm watching you have. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the more entertaining games to watch anyone. It play. is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's a, and I've played hundreds of hours of across all the Souls games, and I still watch other people play mm. it. Please subscribe to us on YouTube as well, so you can watch Tim yes. play. And then we can get a URL that's actually youtube.com slash another dungeon instead of random digits. Mm. Um, the uh, song this week is uh, Smash by Starbomb. Um, we will be back in another fortnight to talk about a whole bunch of different topics. And I will tell Andy again that I didn't read whatever article he's posted in those two weeks. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. And everyone was excited There was a picnic and the whole Nintendo crew was invited Luigi stood up and said Listen everyone, I love you guys You are my best friends in the world You make me glad to be alive Excuse me, hi there, I'm the announcer for a fun new family game It's called Super Smash Brothers That sounds nice, how do we play? Well, first I'm gonna warp you into a world of hate and war Where you'll assault everyone you have ever known and loved before I don't think I want to do that Oh come on, it'll be a fast Now grab all your little friends Cause it is time for us to motherfucking Wait, no Hundreds of bystanders dead. Kirby held Donkey Kong captive in his huge, disgusting head. Fox said, Hey, Mario, stop crying. Just sack up and fight instead. I'm Luigi. All these glitzes make my overalls look red. Sonic looked tough till they kicked him in the stuff. The madness of cold blooded murdered overtaken Jigglypuff. He blasted Bowser to infinity with one massive ass hit. And then he took three fucking punches like it wasn't even shit. I'm almost over, I can't tell my face is smashed. Don't worry, Luigi, the clock is 4, 3, 2, oh, no.
because we smash each other doesn't mean we're not brothers. Ah! Mario! You suck! Bite me! Well, hey, thanks a lot. We worked super hard on this album. And as always, you can download it right here. Sick, nasty tracks just for you. A whole lot more music videos are on their way, but you can whet your appetite by checking out this one that I animated with the help of Studio Yada, who animated this video. Um, it's about Mario. Don't know if you've heard of him. And here's another Starbomb music video, animated by Studio Yada, the guys who made this video. Also directed by the same guy who directed this video, Joel C. And it was nominated for Best Fan Creation at the Game Awards 2014. That's pretty crazy. And also check out Dan and Brian's other band, aside from Starbomb, Ninja Sex Party. It was their beautiful dulcet tones that inspired me to create the first Starbomb song. And now I must go. For I must work on a new animated Starbomb music video. Animated by me, you ask? Yes, it is! Oh, oh my goodness. I'm walking out the door now. I gotta go. But please, click one of those links. Please!